Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story podcast. I'm your host, April Adams Pertwee, and I'm here with uh, a really amazing guest today that I'm so excited to introduce you to her and also to have her share her story. Storytelling is a really central part of what she does and how she communicates and really what she's doing inside of her business. And today we're going to talk about uh, the central theme of the art of becoming. And this is something that Bridget, my guest, Bridget Quarns knows a lot, a lot about. And I think you're really going to enjoy her story today when it comes to thinking about your own version of, of becoming, like, who are you becoming? And are you anchored into that idea of who you're becoming? Are you tapped in? And if not, you need a little help. I think this conversation today will really serve you. So welcome Bridget to the show. So happy you're here. Thank you so much, April. It's great to see you again. So good to see you. I was hanging out with you on your podcast, not too long ago. Um, you are the podcast host of passionate pursuits and, you are, uh, I just recently learned you are also a co-author in the multi-author book of uh, Warrior Women by Desiree Cruz. You have your story written in that book, and um, I am excited to get that story. I did not know that, and so I'm excited to read that story, but we're going to talk a little bit about it today, yeah. because as you were sharing with me, that that story really was a, kind of a foundation and a turning point in your own life of really birthing the work that you do in the world as, as a coach and as a leader and as really helping other people in their own art of becoming. So let's just start back at that story since you shared with me privately that it really was one of those big turning points for you in your life. And of course we want everyone to go get the book to read the full yeah. story. <laughs> yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you use the word birthing because that was, that was the beginning of the process for me. It was like, um, I was both giving birth to a child who was an unexpected blessing in my life at the time. Didn't think I was going to have another and had struggled with, um, preeclampsia during two of my three previous pregnancies. So I knew that it was dangerous to have another child. And so I didn't intend to, but you know, here we were and I was pregnant and, um, ended up in the hospital, of course, again, with severe preeclampsia. And uh, after giving birth, my son was doing so well. They were ready to release him from the hospital. I was not doing great. I just didn't, just had this like lingering thought and feeling that something was off and I wasn't right. 
but I was also so excited to get home with my, with my new baby and see my other three children. So went home. It was a couple days before I, I just said to actually my friend was over. She had just had a child as well. And I said, I, I don't feel well, something is wrong. I think I need to go back to the hospital. And um, I'm really grateful that I listened to my body in that because we went to straight to the emergency room where I had just been in the hospital. And after multiple rounds of, of different medications and tests, they, a nurse came in the room and said, oh, it's heart failure. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. It was like the most callous delivery of a diagnosis I think I've ever received. And I'm, I'm sitting in this room dumbfounded with my brand new baby, because of course I wasn't going to leave him at home. Um, thinking, okay, now what, what, heart what, failure. what do I do? Heart failure. What does that even mean? What to is me? that? Yeah, right. 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 I'm like, so it, uh, heart failure. So it sounds to me like I'm dying. That was my takeaway in that moment. Um, and I just, this really incredible thing happened, which was totally unexpected. I had this, like this incredible peace come over me that I've never felt before in my life. And it was the oddest thing because I'm like, I just was told that I was basically dying. And yet I feel really still and really calm and really good. Mm. And um, from my experience, having grown up with, with faith being a central part of my life, I just recognized like, I think God is like meeting me here. Mm. I think we need to have a conversation right now. And so I, I just turned to this presence. And I said, um, this is not my story. This is not how my story ends. Um, I, I am going to walk out of this hospital and because you are healing me right now. And I believe that I'm walking out of this hospital alive with this baby. I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do for the rest of my life. Like that was my commitment was uh, whatever you ask me to do, it, nothing seems impossible or difficult given my current circumstance. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. There's that's something pretty, like that's pretty the toughest to moment face. right there. Yeah, right. right. There's something about coming face to face with this diagnosis or with with being told that you're dying that just makes you go, well, nothing really seems scary anymore right now. Really. <laughs> yeah, that is incredible. And here you are. How and how old is that child? How how long ago was this? Yeah, that child is now five years old. Mm. So so this was 2018. So f- since 2018, the most incredible transformative process has taken place that I've really gotten to be like a co-creator in, I like to say. Yeah. Yeah. That moment is really palpable, you know, when you can feel it and you know, you're in the presence of God and, you know, you've been given an opportunity to just say, to really lay your petitions before God, right. And say, okay, I want to walk out of here. I'm willing to do, and I believe you're going to heal me. And if so, or when so, right. Then, then I am going to go on this journey with you. And so, you know, that journey has been quite interesting. I don't know if you actually even really could foretell at that moment, some of the things that have unfolded (laughs) for you in the last five years. Um, but you know, when we're, you know, talking about the beginning, you know, this art of becoming, this is something, this is a piece of your body of work that you do in your business with your coaching clients is this work on who are they, who are they becoming and understanding that we're always becoming right. Like we don't ever really arrive. 
Uh, we're yeah. always, there's an unfolding that's always taking place yeah. inside of us. How do you describe number one, just in general, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the coaching work that you do, how do you describe becoming? And then I'd love to hear more about and get back into your story about your own becoming after that transformative experience in the hospital with heart failure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the way I like to approach it is I, I, I personally went through this process and this took me probably three out of the past five years Mm -hmm. to really even get started in this process of, okay, I realize now that I'm actually in process that I never wasn't in process. Yeah. But prior to that moment, I I had to ask myself, well, who was the one who was crafting the vision of what I was becoming? Mm. Because if it wasn't me, and if I was just becoming this vision that other people had cast for me, then that's really scary because I've given away my power in that. And so, so huge. Who, who is the one yeah. crafting this vision? Yes. Right. Like that's such yeah. a good question for anyone listening, like just to mm-hmm. check in, who is the one that's crafting the vision that you have for yourself? Yeah. Is it you? And yeah. I think a and, lot of people actually are going to, you know, right. Let's be honest. Um, we've all had moments. We've all had our times where we, we take our hands off the wheel. Um, yeah. And, and I don't mean like take our hands off the wheel and let Jesus take over. Cause I'm all for that, <laughs> right. but I'm talking about let our, they take the hands off the wheel and others take over. Right. Yeah. When, okay. So let me just pause you there. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. When you asked that question, what was your answer? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I realized that I've been really good my entire life at allowing people to tell me what they see in me. Mm. So I walk into, I can it's a gift and it's also kind of a curse, but I can walk into any setting and become really good at whatever I'm being asked to do. Uh So I was a great student. I was, um, you know, a great floral arranger at my first job in high school. Oh my gosh, you could make a career out of this. And then, (laughs) and then I was, I was such a great worker at Tim Hortons on the overnight that they wanted me to become a manager. I didn't Uh want to be a manager of a coffee shop, no offense to anyone who does, but that wasn't my path. But I could really step into any setting and become proficient and excel wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that was that I wasn't I wasn't holding a higher vision for what I wanted to step into. Mm-hmm. I was just allowing wherever I was to dictate that vision. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I thought, wait a second. I, so it sort of snapped me awake and made me think, I feel like when I came here as this soul that became a body, I had a mission of something that I wanted to accomplish. Like God and I had this agreement of you're going and here's what you're going for. Here's your mission. Uh And I was like, what is my mission? I think I forgot the playbook here. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to, it took, it took a really good, like, like I said, two to three years of digging inside and reading goodness knows how many books and talking to people who I was really close with and really trusted to help me hold and craft that vision of, of what it was. And I'm going to be honest, I've had my business for about a year and a half now, and I'm still crafting the vision of what it is and I'm becoming, and I don't think I'll ever stop. But what I want to happen is I want my life wisdom, like my lived embodied wisdom 
to continually inform the direction that I'm going. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what all of us really need to tap into, right? That intuitive knowing that direct line with God, you know, getting back into the agreement and understanding what is your purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. I know so many women walk around like, I don't know what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. And it it does take some work. It takes some very intent listening um, and asking. I know when, you know, I've shared the story on the podcast many times, but just to update you, like when I, um, when I had the, the idea for, for light beamers and, and really started to take my, my career in this direction, it was, it was more than a career move at that time. You know, it definitely was going to do something different for my career, but it was really more of a, a result of me getting into a space of really seeking and asking God, what do you want me to do? You know, why am I here? Like, what is that purpose that you have for me? What agreement did I make? I, I also did not really know. I knew that it had to do with storytelling. I was pretty clear about that, but I just felt like there was more, there was a higher vision that he had for me that I had, that I had not tapped into yet. And when I asked what that vision was, he actually did show it to me. And there, here we are with light beamers. And, um, so, uh, you know, I do get what that's like when you're asking, you're not sure you're, you, you think you're on the right path, but you feel like there's a gap and there's something that you can't fill in. Um, so that's a really powerful and important place to get to is just submitting yourself and asking those really key questions and doing that deep inner work and listening to that intuitive nudge, you know, that knowing, you know, God's voice and from there, right. Like once you tap into that, Mm. then you're tapped in, Yeah, you know, and I feel like the 99.9% of the decisions I've made in the last eight years or nine years now, since that conversation took place Mm -hmm. for me, five years for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've been intuitively guided. They've been divinely guided. They've, they've, I've, you know, it's not to say I haven't made mistakes, but maybe the mistakes were there for me to make, Ooh, I you love know? That. Yeah. Yes. They were there. Yep. And so, yeah. So for you, you know, it took a little bit of time, right? Two to three yeah. years to figure it out, to ask those questions, to lean in harder, to take some, some steps forward and figure out what works and what wasn't working and what felt right to you. Right. What, what have been some of the biggest unfolding pieces for you that have led to your becoming? Yeah. So I, I like to take the path of, I want to become more Bridget today than Mm -hmm. I was yesterday. And tomorrow I want to be even more so an actualized version of, of that person. Mm -hmm. And so what that takes really is waking up every day. At least for me, what I do is I, I wake up every day and intentionally thank God you know, thank you for another day. I'm uh-huh. here. I woke up. This is exciting. Um, we get to do another day together. How fun. And then, um, and then I ask, what is for me to do today? You know, what do you have for me today? And sometimes it's so, it's so quiet. It's so simple. It's just mm-hmm. to show up and be love to whoever you encounter. And then some days it's something like, you know, you know, deep down who you are and you're not fully expressing that version. I want you to lean more into that. And so what that looked like over this past year was really coming face to face, like literally 
in a mirror, staring at myself in the eyes, face to face and saying, I see you, you, this whole you, and I I want you to step forward and I, and I want to be you. And that meant, um, that meant coming out as gay. And that meant consciously uncoupling from a very long partnership and marriage, um, with my former partner. Um, that, that was a really, really scary step in the process. And I think especially scary because I'd spent my entire life, um, as a Christian in, in some really conservative places that Mm -hmm. told me that, that not only was that not okay, but that didn't even exist. That wasn't a thing. I wasn't a thing. Um, and so that took a lot of like scraping the mud off to, to really get clear on if that is a thing. And if I'm more, um, intimately connected to God than I've ever been in my life, Mm -hmm. I have to trust that God is not going to lead me in the wrong direction, that Mm -hmm. we're co-creating this direction together. And if God is asking me to step into that person who God created me to be, then that's safe. And I can do that. So that's what I did over this past year. Um, We went to therapy. We had some really hard, honest conversations. There were lots of tears, um, but there was so much love. There was more love this year than I've ever experienced between myself and God, between myself and my partner, between myself and my children who Mm -hmm. got to see their mama fully express herself and got to feel empowered to do the same things for themselves um, between myself and my new partner now. And it's just, it's just been like this gorgeous love filled year um, in a place that a lot of people told me either I couldn't do it that way. It it didn't look like that. It was going to be really negative. It was going to tear the family apart. How could I do that? It was my responsibility because I had four children to stay. Um, Guess what? We get to write our own stories of what it looks like. And and that was what I found out this year was that's not the way my story goes. That there's a lot there that um, I want (laughs) to ask you a few deeper questions. One, um, okay. So as you know, having this background as a Christian and being in this more conservative uh, space, right. Uh, Coupled with having this experience in the hospital room with God and feeling his presence and knowing that that was something very special and unique to them digging in and looking yourself in the mirror and Mm -hmm. asking these really, you know, hard questions of who am I, what do I want? Who am I really? And, you know, what does it look like to be the the better version of Bridget today? And then even better version of her tomorrow. Yeah. How do you explain and describe to someone um, that, how do you know you were clear that you were actually listening to that divine guidance? Because Mm. that's what you had asked for years ago. You show me the way and I'll do it. How did you know that this was what God was asking and, 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 um, and saying for you Mm -hmm. versus what we, our ego wants, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how did, how did you hear the difference? Oh, that's such a great question. And that's so, because when you have those voices from your upbringing and your family and other, the people that you love and trust and believe in. Yeah. And your own faith that right. was um a big piece of who you were and are. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. curious, how do you listen? How do you find the real 
voice mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. So something I got really good at doing was cultivating like a stillness and a quiet space. I think whenever we tend to make decisions from a space of effort or working or pushing or fear or like any of these contracting states where we feel uneasy, that we tend to shut off that intuitive voice to to disconnect from God's voice. And when we allow ourselves to get really present, really still, people will call it meditation. I think meditation and prayer are honestly the same thing. Mm-hmm. I do too, um, actually. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just they really are. People you know, want to really politicize it and yeah, it's just all I, the same. Yeah. No, it's it's getting quiet and still and present and learning how to, you know, like thoughts will float in and learning how to just release them and just be still and not ask anything and not work for anything, but just allow sometimes. So I'm going to say, I believe that we each have to discern what God's voice sounds like and feels like Mm -hmm. for us, because it's going to sound and look and feel totally different for each person. Absolutely. Uh, But God created you. So God knows you intimately and knows how to connect with you. Mm -hmm. So we have to trust that um, this God who created us also has a direct line to us somehow. Um, For me, it, it really sits like in my gut. Like I get this, I get this relaxed, peaceful, um, easy feeling. And, and it just, it's like, it's not a knowing that exists up here. Mm-hmm. It's a knowing that sits really deep in my belly and just feels peaceful. Mm. And um, anytime that I can get to that place, sometimes I don't even need to ask a question. Sometimes it's just like, okay, now, you know, you know what your next step is, go do it. And then God will wait, <laughs> wait mm-hmm. and wait and wait for me to take that next step. Sometimes though, I have to get in that space and I'll ask a question. Like I honestly, I went to that space so many times and I said, am I supposed to stay in this marriage or am I supposed to take the step towards uncoupling? And the answer, the answer was so obvious and it came so many times, but I asked so many times because it was a really hard answer, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like I just, I knew what my step forward was. I knew that in order to be the fullest expression of this self that God created me to be, that I, that I had to uncouple the scary part for me, wasn't necessarily the uncoupling. It was the wanting to honor God in every step of that process. And the only way that I'd ever seen it done in my life was messy and Mm -hmm. ugly and angry and everybody got hurt. And, and I didn't want that for my story. So I heard the answer and I paused because I really wanted to make sure that every step I took was aligned with what God's vision was for how that was going to go. Um, So I guess the the answer of what it feels like and looks like for me when I hear from God is that I really know, I think because I had that moment of God presence in that room when I was told I was in heart failure and it was so peaceful. And it was like, 
I call it bliss. And I think we're wrong when we describe bliss as like this heightened state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so restful. It's like the state you're in right as you're transitioning from awake to asleep and you're like floating and there's Mm -hmm. no care in the world. And it's just, you're like held in the womb of God, you know, Um, it's that space. And that's how I know, okay, God and I are are close right now. Like God's whispering in my ear right now because I'm so close. Um, That's what it feels like for me, at least. At what point did you start to realize and have the clarity around what you were being called to do? What was your purpose? What was that divine Mm -hmm. um, agreement that you've made? When when did you get clarity around it? And when did you really start to name it? So interestingly for me, I believe that a major part in us finding and focusing on and taking steps toward our purpose is community. I think we have to be in community. So there was only so much work that I could do on my inner self before I I got to the point where it was almost like God said, now go let people speak into your life. Mm -hmm. Like people are my voice. People are my light. People live out God's love in this Mm -hmm. world. That's, that's the way we experience it. So I had to get out. And for this introvert, that was scary, (laughs) but I had to get out and start asking people who I knew and who I trusted, what are my strengths? Like, what do you see in me? Because I'm so in the muck of doing this work that I can't even see myself through myself. Mm -hmm. So I needed someone else to start speaking to me. Like, what do you admire about me? What do you see as my strengths? And And when I started doing that, this like clear picture started to form. And and it was so obvious. It was like, how did I not see this? How did I not see this? But at the same time, it really took, there was, there was another step of of faith in this process of allowing other people to say those things to me. I think we get really scared when we're like, oh, what are they going to think of me? But like, what if that were an empowering thing? Like what? are they going to think of me? Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. What are they going to see that I don't see? And isn't and that it, beautiful when yeah. you can be that, that, like you can really open yourself up to receive other people's, um, the beauty that they see in you, the, the goodness that they see in you, the, yeah. the, the, just all the talents and the skills and the, and the strengths that they see in you. Because a lot of times when we're asking that, or when we're thinking that question, Oh, what are they going to think? negatively. It's really, that's a filter of our own junk. That is actually, I always say to people like, you know, who's thinking that you, you, you're the only one thinking it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's almost really just get into that space where you remove that filter and just go, what are they thinking? I want to know. I can't wait to find out. Yeah. It's It's um, huge. It was harder for me to hear the positives that people had yeah. to say about me than it was to accept their criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, that was harder. It's so funny. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? But, and then once you start to hear that, this is what happened for me, at least this cool thing happened. My inner voice that's always going, blah, 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 it's always going in the <laughs> background, started to shift from criticism mm-hmm. to love 
and empowering thoughts. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, now that I am able to hear, now that I'm the version of me who can hear the positive things that people want to reflect, all of a sudden I'm telling myself those positive things. Mm, And then watch out. Watch (laughs) out is right. Like when you can change the way you think and specifically the way you think you're about yourself to have it be in a more positive, loving direction. Mm -hmm. Um, man, that's, that's the gateway. That's the gateway drug right there telling you for sure. Um, it's, I mean, you know, I've always been accused of being a positive Pollyanna and I take that (laughs) accusation. Well, bring it on because you know what? I just, um, it's not that I don't have negative thoughts. Trust me. I do, but I, uh, and I, I really don't even can't honestly take full credit for it. Um, I just, I was raised by a mother who poured into me and was always positive and always was asking me to shift, you know, like when I would be thinking something was bad was going to happen. She would ask me, what do you think good might happen? You know, just, she would shift me in that moment very quickly. And, um, I just learned it from an early age and I'm so grateful because it served me so well. I mean, who in the world can launch a business called light beamers and pull that off, right? Like you have to believe it. You have to really yes. believe it in order to, to, to do it. And, um, and I've just benefited so greatly from it. Like I said, it's not to say I don't have negative thoughts. I have an ego that likes to try. I have, you know, oh, things yeah. that, you know, derail me. I have, I, I play, I, the enemy gets into my world too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yep. but that, that shift of really receiving what others see in you is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah. And no wonder then that you were able to then um, have the year that you've had that has been filled with love, you know, a lot of changes, a lot of newness, a lot of new ways you see yourself and uh, new ways that you're partnering with a new partner, right? All of that is changed and different and uh, sub- subject to a lot of criticism as it was. Yeah. And you experienced more love than ever before, quoting what you said earlier. Yeah. No surprise. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I like to encourage people just to just, just try it out. Just find one person who, you know, even if it's that one person who's always saying positive things, great. Just yeah. go ask them because at least, you know, that your first dip, you know, your first dip in this, in this pond is going to be positive, but, um, yeah, what a, what a gift it was to get to see myself through other people's eyes and to get yeah. to live into that. And then because I allowed them to help me in like painting this higher vision for where I was headed, I got so much more clear on that, on that image and now I can really hold like every day I can really hold that vision of, of who it is that I'm becoming and who I'm, I'm walking towards. And it's so clear. And I, I do like to tell my, my clients and, and friends, you know, anybody who will listen really that our job is not to figure out how and when this is going mm-hmm. to happen, mm-hmm. but, but what it is that we want and why we want it. So if we mm-hmm. can hold that then we're leaving so much room for the, or better in our situation, mm-hmm. this right? or better, like, like I, this or better. Yeah. That's this, on every this vision board I've ever created is yes, this or better, man. I can't tell you how many times holding 
open hands for the the how and the when have brought major or betters into mm-hmm. my life because instead of having this really a limited view of this is what I want this is it bring me this it was like you know what I trust I know now having been through this process that I really trust you to compose something even more beautiful than I could have imagined yeah. so so here, I'm going to leave lots of room for you to bring in whatever this higher vision looks like. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a string of orbiters for sure. Man, that is so beautiful. I love that orbiters. I totally subscribe <laughs> to that philosophy. Um, okay. So I, I have an open loop that I have to close yeah. because it's driving me crazy. Um, I know that obviously you survived heart failure because you're here right. talking to me today, five years later, <laughs> Yeah, <yes. laughs> but, um, what is like, are you healthy? Are you well, how is your heart today? You, I do know that you, cause I asked you before we got on, you did not need surgery. You did not have right. any kind of heart transplant. Yeah. So clearly, um, the great physician and the healer did heal you, but, yes. <laughs> uh, but how are you today and how, yeah. how, I mean, I know that experience has been transformative. Clearly that's been the foundation of this entire podcast episode, but yeah. yeah what, you know, what, what, how do you look back on that now? Mm. Yeah. So actually the, the really cool part of that story is that, um, after that diagnosis, they decided to, you know, keep me on the heart floor and, and monitor me closely because I guess they were deciding, all right, what do we do? What, what's our next move here? Yeah. Um, when they did that, when they put me on the monitor, uh, that entire next 24 hours, there was, they, they saw nothing. My blood pressure returned to normal. There was no evidence of anything having been wrong. They sent, um, I think a sonographer, you know, someone in to, to get some images of my heart the next day. And he's going, uh, it looks beautiful. There's, there's nothing that I, I don't see anything here. Like everything's functioning. He's like, do you want to see like, (laughs) um, and they were kind of dumbfounded, I think. And, um, was there, that was it present before? <laughs> like, clearly, like, where did they get that diagnosis from, from before? Yeah, what I, did they see that they no longer were seeing? Right. Um, so I had been hooked up to, I want to say it's like an EEG or an EKG. I'm not a, I'm not yeah, a physician. Whatever, so I, you know, <laughs> lots of wires all over my body. Um, and they had been pushing, um, blood pressure medications for a couple hours and there was no response. My blood pressure was through the roof. Um, it wasn't responding. I, I had a massive headache. I felt terrible. Um, it was really clear that something was very wrong and my heart wasn't. Well, and you knew that even before you went to the hospital, like, you right. know, you know, your body, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I have to believe, and they, they never, like, they never, they never even gave me a diagnosis when I left that hospital. I think because they were like, oh, did we, did we like miss something here? I don't know, but um, I have to believe having gone through it myself that God and I met and, and we had that conversation and God said, all right, you keep up your end. I keep up my end. Um, There's nothing, there's no evidence here. Um, So I really believe, I fully, fully believe that I was healed, that God healed me, that I was allowed to, to live. There's no, there's nothing wrong with my heart. 
I have no lingering effects from that whatsoever. In fact, I feel like we talked about this before. I, I haven't had, I used to suffer migraines constantly. Yeah. I used to have some really serious like health things going on. Um, that's all pretty much gone away. And I really believe it's because I made the decision to listen, like to live as a co-creator with God and to listen to what my soul and what God was trying to say. I think that when we're out of alignment with that, that sometimes our bodies will manifest these oh, things. Oh, for sure. That, I believe that, that too. Just, yeah. The body keeps going. Right. We're, hello, yeah. something's not right. Pay attention. Yeah. yeah for um, sure. And I think that as soon as we honor that and we do pay attention, that things just like click into alignment. Like yeah. I just feel so healthy. I feel vibrant. Um, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm really grateful because I know that's not everyone's story, but that is my story. <laughs> that is your story. And what yeah. I love about, you know, you, we've spoken several times now and we've had our chats is that, um, you, you, you're so intentional about storytelling. You, you, you tell, you told me earlier, like, I just tell this story and in telling the story, um, and sharing my own becoming, right. I, yeah. in your, in your coaching, you're really working with other clients to, go on that journey for themselves. Yeah. Right. And it's really just the, like, that's the biggest marketing thing out there. Right. Like that is like, <laughs> it, which is what I want everyone to hear always from these episodes is that, you know, we can build funnels, we can do Facebook ads, we can put in all kinds of really uh, smart strategies into your business to grow and, yeah. you know, to launch the book and to speak on the stages and do all those things that, um, are going to get you in front of the audiences to make the impact. But at the center of all of those things, if you don't, if you aren't really like connecting at a, at a deep level by telling your story, um, a lot of that will end up being superficial and probably not, um, will not be sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, you know? for sure. It's, I enjoy telling my story. Um, I think that it's, it's a gift that it comes naturally to me mm -hmm. and that I want to connect with people. My if I could just go for the rest of my life doing one thing, it would be connecting deeply with people, <laughs> you yeah. know, whatever yeah. that looks like. But I love having exchanges like this where I can really get dig in deep and, and, you know, have that love flow, like have that light flow going back and yes. forth. It's just yes. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my definition, you are a light beamer. You are a light beamer, oh, you know, because you. you are doing that so beautifully. You are sharing that story with the pure intention of pouring that out to, from your heart space to someone else so that they can feel that love and light and they can feel encouraged. Um, you know, you're in a unique category of someone that's, you know, technically been in heart failure, failure after childbirth. I happen to know that's a real thing because one of our um, other light beamers, Brittany Claiborne has been so vocal about her experience and, um, and she did not quite have the outcome <coughs> that you've had, but yeah. she's still out there sharing that story and shining a light. And that's really what it does. You know, you're able to impact so many people yeah. by sharing your own becoming and mm -hmm. encouraging others to go on that journey. It's really yeah. beautiful. Okay. So Bridget, like tell everyone how they can find you, how they can work with yeah. you. I know you do a lot of, this is a big part of your body of work is yeah. around the becoming piece. I know we definitely want to drive people over to your podcast yes. um, yeah. and your book and to get more of that yeah. story in the book for your women. But what is your, what's your favorite place to send people? 
Yeah. So I love to connect with people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's a great place where they can really get a feel for who I am and how I work and a little bit of like the silliness and craziness. that is the life of a mom with four kiddos. Um, (laughs) So, so definitely Instagram and I can drop that, that handle, you know, we can put those all in the show. Yeah. I'll put that on the show notes. Yep. Um, yeah. And then my, the way that I work with people, I always like, I will not take on a client, even if they hear this and they're like, Oh my gosh, we're aligned. I want to work with you. I won't work with someone until I meet them either zoom or face to face for like a 15 minute chat. So I'll drop that link. That's always free. I just love to connect with people. Mm -hmm. So I want to connect. I want to hear your story. You know, I love hearing people's stories, even if it's just, you want to share your story and we connect that way. Um, But then also I do have a way for people to work with me one-on-one and it's, it's in bringing your highest vision to life. And that's a a two month container that I've created to work one-on-one with people who are like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to step into that higher vision I want to be fully activated, like whatever this joy is that you've got going on. I want a little bit of that in my life. Um, So that's how, that's how I work with people currently in my coaching business. Uh, Amazing. Well, wherever you are listening to this podcast, click over into the show notes. Those links will be there for you. Um, I do highly encourage you to connect with um, Bridget on Instagram. That's where she and I connect. Actually, we connected originally on LinkedIn because our mutual friend, Ben, (laughs) So the two of you must know each other. Mm-hmm. And so we did, we, 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 yeah. we obliged and got to know each other and really did feel such synergy and all the things. And um, so uh, Bridget's a very giving human being, very generous, very loving. I just can attest that everything you felt in her words today are, are very much how she shows up in the world. So thank you for being here today, my friend. This was so yes. good. Oh my so gosh. good. Thank you. Thank you for drawing out the story. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, share it out, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know you listen, say hello. We always love listening from hearing from our podcast listeners, and we'll be back here next week with another episode. We'll see you then until then let Bridget's story inspire you and remind you to go be a light beamer and go share your story. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.